Welcome to Mondays with Matt, with Matt Starkey. Start each week fresh with sound financial advice. Grab your coffee and maybe a pen. It's time to kick off your week with Matt. Hey everybody, welcome into Mondays with Matt. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. And our topic this week is this one's on the house. But first, what's going on, Matt? How you doing? I'm doing well, Mark. <laughs> uh, speaking of the house, yeah, we just had a, it. We just kind of came off a Labor Day weekend, mm-hmm. and I was yep. doing some business around the house, doing some improvements, and so it was, yeah, <laughs> good. Yeah, the tile you put some tile in, so very cool. Yeah, it's uh, one of those things you don't do on your own if you're no. not used to doing that sort of thing. So I used the expert, my uh, older sister, to help. Oh, nice. Um, she's done. She's done lots of stuff. They do a lot of fix and flips, and um, so. It was interesting, but I was able to help give her an idea for the future too. So it's fun to work together on projects. And uh, we're going to get into a little bit of that today in today's yeah. show about housing and how that might impact or affect your retirement. So I'm yeah, we'll, excited. We'll jump right into that in just a second. But I wanted to ask you real quick. Obviously, the market's been a little kooky here uh, the week leading into Labor Day and then the few days after it. So at the time we're taping this, it's uh, tech has taken a beating, but it looks like a little, a little rebound, so on and so forth. Part of the volatility of 2020, I guess, right? Yeah, that's. There's been no other year like this one. That's for sure. Um, we've we've seen a little bit of kookiness, a little bit of ups and downs, a little roller coaster activity. So I always say everybody loves volatility, but they like the upward volatility, not the downside sure. volatility. Yeah. But no, uh, the the market has um, has definitely shown us strengths and weaknesses. And uh, I know there's a lot of talk about tech and a possible crash and overvaluation, which. It's crazy. So we, we watch earnings related to the stock price and, you know, we hopefully learned lessons from 95 to 99 when the tech market was the dot-com era, they called it, mm-hmm. was right. doing phenomenal. And then all of a sudden there was a big crash. So that's why we diversify portfolios. So if tech goes under or down significantly, we have other asset classes that maintain and sustain your portfolio. So we don't overly allocate or we try not to allocate too much towards one sector because they get hot and then they're not. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like that. They get hot and then they're not. Well, you know, one of the um, one of the main things that started moving it a little bit, at least one of the things I read was, uh, which I thought was kind of interesting, that a major, major investor in Tesla said, hey, I just needed to do some rebalancing of my own. So even people with mega, mega money who have a large portion of such a, uh, an expensive company like Tesla, even they do rebalancing. So you know, that's a great point that everybody and from time to time just has to do that rebalancing to make sure that you're uh, allocated and diversified properly. So there you go. Right. It's yes, right. They, there. Yes, they do. And and that was like a wasn't that like a eight million or eight billion dollar sell off? It was a big was, one. Yeah, it was a big one. Yeah. But that was one guy from from upper management that was, uh, you know, he he sold it and then then he bought it. <laughs> I think he used his options. So he sold it down uh, two days before he actually bought this. Bought yeah, he was still stock, big. He's so. still big on the company. He just was saying he needed to just rebalance his own stuff a little bit. So, yeah. Uh, and when people see big shifts like that happen, then they kind of get nervous and like, well, should I be buying? Should I be selling? Uh, right. You, you know. Also, in in uh, tech, we just had Apple do a four to one reverse split, a stock mm-hmm. split. So they they issued four shares for every share to reduce the price down. And then Tesla just had a, I think, five for one split. So Right. So they, um, those two together kind of had a little bit of an impact, obviously. They do. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of excitement around that, too. I mean, Apple's stock price, when they announced they were going to split, it climbed significantly. So. Right. Right. Yep. Really fast. Really high, really fast. So, yeah. But no. um, anyway, you know, so as we as it relates to our 
topic of today of housing, uh, yeah, there's plenty of Apple devices and probably some charging <laughs> that you're using in your house. Maybe, yeah, a, yeah maybe one of those <laughs> Tesla walls if you're thinking about doing uh, solar power or something. So yeah, we'll go ahead and jump into the house conversation. So whether it's downsizing or whether it's whatever, you know, rental properties, we're just going to cover a few things here. So we'll just jump right in. Matt, where do you fall on the whole debate of pay it off as soon as possible or enjoy, especially if you've enjoyed some of these 2020 interest rates, these refis that have been happening this year, pay it off slowly, having a mortgage into retirement. Where do you fall on that classic debate? Boy, this is a this is always an, a fun conversation to have. It's so many times it's you hear this answer, it depends. And it's not to throw you, but really every situation tends to be a little different. Um, for those people that have saved and invested enough for retirement. I mean, enough to fully fund your retirement and you're not actually going to need all the money that you have accumulated. A lot of times it makes sense to pay off that house um, simply because there's no sense in going out. Let's say I have a half a million dollar home with a you know $150,000 left on my mortgage. And uh, if I were going to do that, but I've got enough money in the bank and in investments to completely pay for that without cutting myself short, so to speak, you look at it reverse. I look at it as would I go to the bank and take out a mortgage at three or four percent in order to put money in the market? Well, in my younger days, maybe I would have tried a stunt <laughs> like that. But um, as you're getting close to retirement, if you've got the cash, if you've got excess cash, and uh, it's always a good idea to have a, a completely paid for house. That way, come hell or high water, you know, you 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 run into issues sometimes and. Uh, if you don't have that monthly stroke, that's less that you need every month to make the payment. Some people retire or plan to retire and see nothing wrong with having a mortgage on the other hand. And um, sometimes that works out. They have enough cash flow coming in that they can um, maintain a little bit higher standard of living. And so sometimes they, they look at it the other way and say, hey, I want this kind of house. I can get it for a payment instead of having to have it fully paid off. And so that's a little bit more dangerous in, in my estimation. And uh, the very uh, best successful people through retirement uh, have their mortgage paid off. Um, that really gives you the maximum amount of freedom so that you don't owe anybody anything and they can't take your house from out, out from underneath you. Yeah. Well, and sometimes a lot of, no matter what the math says, sometimes that's the, what's the head and the tummy rule. Sometimes the tummy just says, you know, I just would feel better if we got rid of the house anyway. So a lot of times that can kind of override things, but as always, you want to make sure that it's the right financial move. And, and of course, Matt just gave you some good reasons to think about that, but in the same vein then, so where, some, where the emotion plays factor in that debate, also the downsize thing comes into play. So let's talk a little bit about that. Now, there might be a number of reasons you would consider downsizing, Matt. Again, uh, like I just mentioned, maybe you know the family home, you don't want you kind of want to downsize or the math says you should, but you want to stay in the home that you raised your kids in or whatever the case is. But then again, there's other things like medical. Maybe your bedroom's on the second floor and as we're aging, it just doesn't, that's just not practical anymore. You know, the knees can't handle the stairs or, you know, it's a larger property, too much maintenance, whatever, right? There's lots of reasons to consider a downsize. Absolutely. There's a lot of reasons out there. You touched on some of those. When it comes to retirement, we don't want to think of life just from a financial sense. Um, there's a lot of satisfaction, um, especially if you've raised your kids in your home and there's a lot of sentimental value as they leave. They may come back with grandkids and uh, it might be, a, you may want to have that that same home, that same atmosphere, the same feel right. that the kids had. So it's familiar when they come back and uh, 
they, you know, having a place that is familiar uh, oftentimes can, you know, promote a, a bigger sense of family. So if that's important to you, uh, sometimes you may delay downsizing. But as you mentioned, Mark, a lot of times our health gets plays a, a role in that. You know, you, your knees may not feel as comfortable going up and down stairs. You might better off downsize as you retire to something that's on one floor where you can easily move from space to space. And, um, you know, there's also other things like uh, if you have any kind of situation where you where you need to use some temporary assistance or if you have a handicap issue or a wheelchair oh, yeah. or a walker, um, you may need to downsize or you may need to do a remodel so that you can get in and out of showers and transferring one from one place to another, you know, becomes a lot easier. Right. You don't, can, ha- don't, don't have as many steps or, hey, we right. bring that washer dryer up from the basement and we may have to, you know, customize a space or, hey, maybe maybe it is time to sell. The the yard's too big. Right. Um, and and that, of, can affect the, like that. that can affect the retirement planning, I, I would imagine, because that might fall into some of those different buckets of money you have set aside to get some of these things done. Oh, absolutely. You, you know, one of the other factors that you, you think about is you think of the maintenance on places. So if you live in a home, you're getting closer to retirement and, hey, this is 20 or 30 years old now. As we approach retirement, we're going to have to escrow some money for a new roof. Um, we may need to replace furnaces and water heaters, or if you live on a bigger property, or maybe you got a lot of woods around you, you might have to pay somebody to come and clear branches and trees or clean the gutters or plow the snow in a long driveway back in the woods. So making a downsized decision sometimes makes very good sense, not only financially, but but also for the health or the emotional factor. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're single, um, a lot of times moving into something that's a little bit more community-based, where you have a condo, let's say, where you where you have exposure to other people that are seniors, um, might do you really well emotionally to, yeah, to create some new friendships. Yeah. And uh, if you have a common area or a community area where you can go and play cards or, you know, have bingo night or or visit and you're and you don't have to leave your home to do so. You can all you know, downsizing also sometimes means we're getting rid of a vehicle or a couple of vehicles and we're we're trading that in for something closer to town. Maybe we can use a van or or a shuttle service instead. But um hey we're we're closer to people. We feel better. We might have, you know, some of these independent right. livings. You can even yeah. get your hair cut right there. So yeah. a lot of a lot of conveniences to downsizing as well. Now, that's a good point. Although my wife, she's like, I will never give up my vehicle. <laughs> she she likes driving a little too much. But um, you mentioned uh, you mentioned your sister earlier uh, helping you with the the kitchen project, and that she does some flips and stuff like that. So rental property is another. A lot of people really love the idea of using that to create income in retirement, but it does come with challenges. And if you enjoy it, and you know maybe like in your sister's situation, that might be one thing. But for some folks, just doing it to create income you might want to make sure you think about both sides of that coin. Yes, this is a, this is an, an entirely different type of a question because if you buy and if you enjoy working on some projects or if you enjoy managing rentals, it can be very lucrative. But, but also, you can also just be an investor and um, have someone else do the management for you if you decide to get into real estate as part of your retirement. I've always loved real estate. It's been kind of a passion. I have a couple of rentals myself, but mm-hmm. they are work. Um, right. You got to maintain. You got to maintain them. <laughs> right, right. They do take money to maintain, and um, 
you know, it's kind of fun because you provide uh, useful, you know, housing for someone else. The market has really changed around where I have my stuff. And it seems like as generations change, um, there's a lot less respect for your property um, by the tenants. And so you really have to know what you're doing. You have to buy in good locations or you decide on the the property class type. If you want A type properties, you're going to pay more money. You're going to have better quality tenants and um, probably have less less problems with p- people paying rent. But you know, people are people, and uh, there's B and C type properties, which kind of are that middle middle income person that probably has other payments. And uh, you know, if they get in a financial crunch, you just got to be beware. And then you got a D type properties where people are kind of living paycheck to paycheck. Um, you're going to find a little bit lower class of citizen that's that's renting from you. You're probably likely to experience quite a few more problems in terms of you know um, tenant class. So anyway, you've got to look at the whole and decide: is this something right. that we want to do or not? D- want to don't do? just get lured in by the oh, this is this could be lucrative. Just <laughs> realize that there are uh, you know it is a bit it is a bit of work. So whether yeah. and even if you it hire is. somebody out, even if you have a property manager, make sure you're factoring that in because you're going to be paying that out of your potential proceeds. So that's, just factor all that in. Yeah, that's true. And property managers sometimes I always if I was going to start all over, I would probably myself personally ditch the single family. Hey, I want to own a property or two properties mm-hmm. or three, right. and I would just buy a building because there's some scale factors there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get a lot more cash flow going in one purchase and uh, property managers, banks, every, everything tends to be more favorable if you got it all under one roof. You oh, don't okay. have that many, that many you know, furnaces. I mean, you, you might have some of those things um, or you might go you know, like the storage unit. But cash flow from real estate is a, is a real thing. A lot of if you just want to be an investor, there's some real estate trusts. Um, you got to watch the liquidity factor, but um, right, right. They, can play, they can pay you a decent, um, consistent return. And, um, you know, again, we're going to go for the overall goal of that investment. What's that going to do for me? Is that going to, if it's going to produce an easy thousand or $2,000 a month, if I buy and hold these properties and that meets your retirement requirements, that's great. You might buy a building that's got 50 units and, you know, we're we're providing uh, closer to you know six seven thousand dollars or maybe ten thousand dollars a month uh, if you're investing a large chunk of your own proceeds. So right, um, it's all about the plan, right? It's all about what do you need it to do, what fits well for you, all those kinds of pieces that we talk about every podcast. Yeah, and really. if you have questions about this, you know, I'd love to talk about that because then we kind of go through and um, this is something that, as I mentioned, is kind of fun for me to talk about. But but I love to solve the. The number problem for you. So if you say, hey, Matt, this is how much cash flow I need. And I'll say, okay, realistically, this is probably the number of units that you'll need. And this is this is how we approach it. So gotcha. okay. um, give me a call. Yeah, absolutely. 989-401-2949. Reach out to Matt to talk to him about real estate and how it might play into your retirement plans. Whether it's the home, it's downsizing, or it's uh, maybe doing rental properties, 989-401-2949, or go to greatlakesretirementsolutions.com. All right, well, let's finish off with this then. What complications, Matt, do you see, if any, and I'm sure there probably are some, when it comes to handling real estate, whether it's one house or multiples, whatever the case is, uh, from an estate and legacy planning standpoint? Because the thing that pops out to me a lot of times is if you have more than one child, like I just have the one, so it's going to be fairly easy. There's no fighting going to be <laughs> going to happen, you know, but it's like sometimes you have, well, if you have more than one kid, you can have a situation if somebody's out of state or whatever, maybe they don't want the family home, but the other person does. And then it just kind of gets into, well, what am I getting? And you know, all this kind of stuff. And so really estate planning and legacy plannings, I would think hopefully helps eliminate most of that frustration. 
Well, that's a good point. You know, when you have real estate, it, it in Michigan here, it, it transfers fairly reasonably, you know, by, by deed, or if you own something joint, it's joint tenants with right of survivorship typically. Uh-huh. Um, but when we talk about estate planning and your real estate, uh, again, if you're going to create a monthly cash flow to fund your retirement, it may not be as easy to get rid of that in an immediate situation. So if you're a very hands-on type of person and you're uh, managing your own real estate, um, definitely be talking to whoever's going to be handling it after you're gone. And if you're not comfortable doing that, then definitely be talking to you know your advisor like myself and let me know the plan that you have and we'll get something established. We also want to work very closely with your attorney and um, what I often recommend to people is if, you, if you've got a piece of property, hunting property in addition to your home, sometimes you can get by with just a standard estate plan, deeding the property or registering it, TOD, transfer on death to, you know, I want my son to get this hunting property and my daughter's going to get the house. And But we, we also work with people like farmers that um, have lots of acreage. And um, generally there's one or two of the kids of their five or six kids or how many they have that want to maintain or continue the farm or keep it in the family. And so it's very important to do a, a proper estate plan where it's all spelled out. A lot of times this becomes a difficult talking point with children and we are more than happy to help. Um, we love to talk to the next generation. And even if you want us to share the plan with them, give us a call and we'll schedule a meeting, maybe around a holiday when everybody's in town and we can say, hey, we're working with mom and dad and Part of the plan is this. Now we, they want to know how this how this is going to be separated or how this is going to be divvied out to you guys. Right, and uh, right. so a lot of times it helps sometimes when in the family situation to bring in that third party, the professional that can lay some things out and ask them, Sally, do you want the farm? Do you want to farm this? <laughs> right, right. It's a great point. Yeah. And she's going to say, no, I live in the suburbs with my husband and three kids and there's no way we're moving out to the farm. I mean, our, our jobs are in town, you know, but right, if, whatever, brother, right. if brother gets it, you know, she's going to throw a stinky, you know, <laughs> you're going to have a really tough conversation. You can, I mean, so, it does happen and we like to think that it doesn't, but you know, I think we all think that everybody's, but you, you know, you've done this for a long time and you see the gamut, you know, people sometimes, unfortunately, when people pass away, uh, things just come up that, uh, you know, if you do some planning ahead of time, you can maybe say, you know, hopefully stave that off. Yeah. Proper planning ahead of time is very, very important. And so we've run into a lot of these situations. And so often what I'll recommend is let us talk with, you know, it, it, you may not want us to do it, me, maybe the attorney, but um, a lot of times we, we are close with our clients and, and we are more than happy to, to share that mom and dad have an estate plan. And um, this is a little bit of an uncomfortable topic for some families, but um, we want to help you understand what mom and dad's desire is. They right. love all of you kids and they want to divvy things up accordingly, but we need to know who wants to do what. That way we can make it fair. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, there you go, folks. So that's the uh, on the house conversation we had today here on the podcast on Mondays with Matt. So as always, we appreciate your time. If you've got some things uh, that's been rolling around in your head, you're thinking, what am I going to do with this property or whatever? You know, what are my plans for the future? 
uh, and you're not already working with Matt, give him a call, give him a jingle, reach out to him, let him know, or share the podcast with someone who might benefit from the message. Maybe you've got a friend or family member who you know is in a similar situation right now. Have him reach out to Matt at 989-401-2949. That's 989-401-2949. Or go to GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. That's GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. While you're there, you can click on the podcast page and you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Google or Spotify or whatever platform you like to use use and that way you get new episodes when they come out and we'd certainly appreciate that and matt my friend thank you so much for your time i appreciate it looking forward to uh, uh getting a uh, get a picture from you from that uh, kitchen see how that turned out you're welcome mark and uh yeah I'll, I'll shoot one of those over to you um to our listening audience just remember if when it comes to um planning your home or your property divisions working with the retirement we also want to work with a qualified uh estate planning attorney as well. So yeah. we've got names and numbers for you if you don't have somebody you're working with. Um, and we'd be happy to uh, discuss those things ahead of time. I know uh, sometimes those can get pretty expensive conversations with the attorneys, but um, I'm not going to say this one's on the house, but that's the topic <laughs> of our podcast. But we would we, we often, uh, if you're a client of ours, we talk with you at no additional charge. We don't charge you by the hour to talk about these things. So gotcha. give us a call. Absolutely, folks. We'll see you next time. Don't forget 989-401-2949. This has been Mondays with Matt. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.